Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, Stank, Stank. Genius billionaire playboy from the You Stank, you Stank. I am Iron Man. Hello and welcome once again to Stark or Stank. My name is Aaron and I'm here with Josh. Hello, it's me. It is you and we are talking today about Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, the the first solo fourth movie. The fourth movie, if you will. Okay, thank you for watching. We'll see you again next time. (laughs) That was a fucking quick one. Let's go. Don't even bother ranking it. No. Chuck it straight in the trash. I've killed the entire franchise of not only our podcast, (laughs) but also the MCU. Good one. You're welcome. (laughs) Someone's welcome. Somebody's welcome. All right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is a movie that exists. And it came out, and now we're going to talk about it, and rank it, and how do you feel about this movie, Josh? Uh, I remember really enjoying it when I first saw it in the cinemas. Since then, maybe cooled on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. It pretty yeah, good. it's a it's a fun time. Much like maybe, you know, a lot of maybe too fun for its recent own movies have been a fun time. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, not the. I we'll see. This is one that I'm I'm quite curious to see where we put this. I'm also curious because as as we discussed before we started recording, uh, I haven't thought about where I'm going to put it at all yet. So. <laughs> I haven't thought about the, the core conceit of this show. <laughs> no. Just behind the, the stocks and the stanks is the ranking. <laughs> We're all going to find out together. Ah, it's going to be an adventure for everyone. It sure is. Let's journey talk- into mystery, if you will. Absolutely. Let's talk about some trivia here for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, a trivia hammer. This is uh, just full of guns and roses. Just from top to bottom. What? Yeah. Could have fooled me. Um, okay. So soundtrack stuff with Guns N' Roses tracks. We got we got some ap- Appetite for Destruction. We got some... Get some of them twice. The, what's the other uh, the other album? The, the oh, one that has God. November Rain. The User Illusion? Yes. Two? Yes? I think so. I want to say yes. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, lots of Guns N' Roses track. Uh, the the kid's name used to be Astrid, is now Axel, after his uh, favorite singer, Axel Rose. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. He doesn't say Axel Rose, but just says Axel. Um, you know what? It might be User Illusion 1. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, another child has a very prominent poster of the band in their room. Uh Production designer Nigel Phelps worked on the music video November Rain. And Hell yeah, I do like that music video. <laughs> it's it's a it's an all time classic. Uh, and yeah. when Jane wakes from a nightmare and sits up, bolt sits up bolt upright in bed. That's what they wrote on IMDb. Um, this homages the music video November Rain as well. 
Oh yeah, that that tracks. What's a GNR in this movie? Yeah, uh, some might say too much. Some, some might say yes, absolutely. Uh, and I'm someone who used to love just booting up Burnout Paradise to sit on the menu. Chris yeah, Evans, the Avril Lavigne girlfriend. No, 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 no. Take me down to Paradise City. The grass green. Oh, was pretty. Um, see, mine, mine was booting up uh, GTA San Andreas and listening to that one rock station until Welcome to the Jungle came on. Yeah, that's good too. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's like entire family is in this movie. Um, sons Sasha and Tristan Hemsworth play young Thor at different ages. Uh, his daughter mm-hmm. India Rose Hemsworth plays Gore's daughter. Uh, yep. Brother uh, Luke Hemsworth plays a stage actor portraying Thor, and his wife Elsa Pataki plays a former lover of Thor. She is the wolf woman on the Woman Wolf. Oh. Neat. There you go. Good for them. Good for Always, them. Everyone's getting a payday. <laughs> Everybody. Make uh, that money, Hemsworth family. Not a rich enough family already. They gotta, you know, they've all gotta be rich together, as a unit. You don't want to get left behind. Mm-hmm. As rich people, they'll they'll throw you to the wayside. <laughs> Absolutely. Vicious. Uh, don't want to th- hang out with those boars. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, at the beginning of this movie, Thor wears a vest over a t-shirt with jeans. Uh, this is the uniform of Thunderstrike, a su- superhero who inherited Thor's powers at some point. Yeah! Fucking Thunderstrike. It's uh-huh. too stupid and I love it. <laughs> um, what was it? Chris? Not Chris Masterson. Eric Masterson? Possibly. Getting into uncharted territory yes, for me. Eric Masterson. Fuck, I'm I'm I amaze myself, man. <laughs> Good job. Uh do, 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 do. these are things we can talk about later. Um Oh, okay. So obviously Christian Bale is Gore the God Butcher. Um, he certainly is. Something that's not in the movie is the connection to symbiotes. Um, yeah. So in the comics, Gore the God Butcher's powers are shared with the symbiote beings, Venom, Carnage, etc. Due to Gore's weapon, the Necrosword being created by Null, the Dark God of the Symbiotes, uh, the film makes no mention of the symbiotes as they are currently have they are currently having films produced by Columbia Pictures, uh, though one made it in though one made it to Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider Man No Way Home in that lovely, amazing. <laughs> The lovely, amazing post-credit scene that we all love. Absolutely not. <clears throat> this is um, slander. I, my lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> Thus, the uh, previous wielder of the Necrosword, implied to be Null, is made by an unknown and unnamed figure. So there you go. No Null for us. Yeah, I remember in the lead-up to this, uh, because we had recently seen Eternals. Yeah. I mean, New Gore was coming up. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of speculation on if uh, Null would be in this mm-hmm. or if there would be any mention of Null or the, you know, the symbiote connection there. Yeah, And then, nah, there wasn't, which, fair enough, it's a whole thing. Yeah. If it means I have to deal with Sony's bullshit, then I'll take that, get rid of that. Um, 
This film was not released in Malaysia, Brunei, Kuwait, or Bahrain due to Disney's refusal to cut any LGBT elements, making it the third MCU film after Eternals and Multiverse of Madness to share the same fate. There you go. Which is wild, because there's so little in it. Well, I don't think... that They don't gauge by how much is in it, just if it's there. Oh, yeah, just... Yeah, and it's a it's an on-off switch. It's not yeah, a, exactly. It's not a dial. There's no dial. Yeah. Uh, there we go. That is trivia for now, but we we can discuss some more later as we go on for very Ooh, specific future things. trivia. Future trivia to come. Now we head to our favorite website to shit on, fandom.com. Fuck those guys. Where fucking shit website? Tell you what. But f- fantastic resource for poorly written. Plot synopsis. Okay, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you added that bit in. We <laughs> <laughs> were just gonna say fantastic resource. I was like, I don't agree. Gotta just 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 twist the knife a little bit. And just stick the boot in one more time. That's right. Here we are, Gore, the last of his people. Well, he does have a daughter at the beginning of the movie. No, he's soon to be the last of his people. Doesn't say that. Just says last of his people. Yeah, Spends well. his days... Stri- Children are people. No, that, that's true. That is true. Uh, Spends his days striving to survive on a barren desert with his daughter. He prays to his god... Rapu? I don't know that he's ever named in the film. I think he, I think he is, because I had subtitles on today, and I'm pretty sure he said it. Well, all right then. I'm guessing it's not Rapu, is my point. <laughs> it's probably Rapu. Probably Rapu. For help, but his daughter soon dies of starvation. Just as he begins to hear a voice calling out to him in the distance, Gore discovers an oasis where he finds Rapu, who had killed the latest wielder of an ancient weapon known as known, known as All Black the Necrosword. That's the one. Okay, I didn't know the All Black... Part. You didn't know it was called All Black the Necrosword? It was the Necrosword. I didn't realize no, it's it was... so much cooler than that. <laughs> you do love the All Blacks. That is I, true. I'm uh, nationally obliged. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's, I don't know the first thing about you sports. You would go straight to jail if you didn't like them. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's a legal requirement. It Rob. Is. Rapu makes fun of Gore for his helplessness and refuses to provide any assistance. Feeling betrayed, Gore claims the Necrosword and beheads him and vows for the elimination of all gods. Uh, that's the beginning of this movie. I... It sure is a I beginning. Don't know that, I don't know that any film that I've ever seen has made such a strong, compelling argument for atheism so quickly. <laughs> fuck that guy, man. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Absolutely. Um, it's a, it, it's a very depressing way to, to start the movie and then immediately goes into, I don't know, it's not that Enya. goofy of a beginning, but it is. Enya's there. Enya is there, but she, she's a little bit later. Um, for right no? now. Yeah. Yeah. She shows up. Doesn't at, it go? When Thor, Thor shows up. When, when, uh, Fucking what's his name? Korg starts telling the narrating. Yeah, that's when Anya comes. Yeah, 
Is that not immediately after the... Yeah, I'm just talking about this beginning section oh, for now. Yeah, okay. When this, it goes this beginning from section is dead very, daughter very to uh, there's a floaty-headed god. Not great effects. He does look fucking weird in that, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm glad that's not just me. I... <laughs> They're just It's just like, yeah, they put his head onto a CG body or something. It's very... Well, it has to be because it's, it's, he's, like, ridiculously big. Is, they, is they, deal, used to, they used to have ways of doing that without CG. I mean, they still have them. They just don't fucking do them. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I do like the, the flower people just bursting mm-hmm. into petals. Uh, yeah, I like those weird, those weird other characters that are there with him. Those are fun. Love unexplained alien beings. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. Going to get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a, yeah, going straight from very depressing to, oh, we're in a fun little forest with a goofy god. And like, immediately, immediately the tonal shift is apparent and then it gets even more tonally shifty uh, as soon as Thor shows up in the next, yes. I see. I don't know that the, the the jarring tone sort of hit for me at this point. It was the the really hammering home that uh, the gods are shitty mm-hmm. and don't give a shit about anyone apart from themselves. Right. And so, while life is hard for Gore and normal people, life is a fucking party for Rapu and his right. mates. Yeah, they fucking love it. Mm-hmm. So while he's you know off eating fucking like food and getting drunk and having parties with his mates because they just killed the only person who could kill them. Yes. Gore's there like, my your your people have fucking disappeared. I'm all that's left. Mm-hmm. Good job, idiot. <laughs> and then he almost gets killed for it. <laughs> yeah. Like the gods suck. They are wrathful. They are spiteful. They're pieces of shit and they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So Makes a great that's, case. Uh, yeah. If if nothing else, this opening scene leaves us with Gore. Maybe maybe he has something. He does. Absolutely. He definitely has a sword. Yeah, it's a cool sword. All black is part, all apparently. Black. Yep. Thor continues his adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy, responding to distress calls across the universe while working to get back in shape. However, Thor remains discontent with where he is in life and intends to retire. An influx of distress calls regarding Gore emerge, one of them being from Sif, who had hunted him down. Uh, Thor and Korg respond to Sif's call, parting ways with the Guardians, who leave to respond to the others. They find a defeated Sif with her arm severed, who warns them that Gore will attack New Asgard next. Wow, that really skip it. blazes we... through. Yeah, I mean, there's a... This... Nothing, nothing plot critical happens, but we're just blazing through. Yeah, uh, you know, this next section is very uh, action-heavy for, a, uh, you know, a decent amount of it, and then and then they have to split up. And then up plot and, happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool opening. But this is where it's like, we've gone from grimdark, uh, Gore the God Butcher stuff, yeah. to Enya flashback narrated by South Auckland bouncer Korg. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the, the jarring tone stuff hit me. Mm-hmm. Not that much l- longer after it hit you. No. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, I guess it was a gradual build up to the tonal shift. I don't know. Um, uh, I, I, I don't, 
do we need this whole section? Do we need, like, there's no, at the beginning of Multiverse of Madness, there's no fucking, here's what Doctor Strange has been up to for the past however long. No. Well, yeah, we specifically called out uh, Multiverse of Madness is, like, getting right to the fucking point. We get in there fast and hard and Mm -hmm. dirty. Sorry. Um, This one, yeah, I don't know. Do we need a recap? I guess I guess because the last time people saw Thor, he was uh, chunky Thor, mm-hmm. depressed Thor from Endgame. Yeah. And he's he's been hanging out with the Guardians. So we want to convey that some amount of time has passed. So we're not just saying, hey, Thor's magically thin again. And also uh, he's no longer with the Guardians. The Guardians are fucking off. And it's been five minutes. We need to convey that some amount of time has gone. I guess I don't know. They could. I just... don't know that we needed the full character recap. Yeah, I think like a the, simple the like having relationships with pirates and wolf women. I think you just cut to Thor meditating, and they're like, "Hey, we need you." And and he's I don't know. Have like a conversation where he's like, "Have a recap between the characters." Yeah, like just in, to have the characters the talk about itself. it. I don't know. You don't sure, need a whole. That could have worked. I, uh, I ultimately agree with you. Yeah. I can just also, I get why, but it's also not super necessary. Um, but without it, we don't get Enya, and Enya's one of the few non-Guns N' Roses tracks we get in this. I guess so, yeah. I guess we, we do need it then. We do need. There's it one other I can re- call off the top of my head that isn't a credits track. Is it just me, or is the score not as good as in this movie as it was in Ragnarok? Score's fine, but no, it is not... Um, Oh god, who did the Ragnarok one? That was uh, um um fucking uh get uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I know I I can I can see him I know yep. his name the, the fucking guy the guy from the band yeah uh, um I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I need to um. Oh God, who Mark Mothersbaugh. Did That's what it was. And yep. who 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 was here? Was it, I don't think it was him. If it was, yeah, um, they they took a couple days off. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's fine, but it's fine in the same sense that ninety percent of the MCU has fine music where it doesn't intrude on anything. It's not super noticeable, but I'm also not going to remember ninety nine percent of it later. Michael Giacchino and Nami Melumad did the score for this movie. Sure. Um, yes. It, it is uh, greatly overshadowed by the Guns N' Roses stuff. Um, yeah, it's just not like because, I, I can remember. I guess remember what, those are some memorable songs. In my head, I can remember like specific moments of the score in Ragnarok. I have none of yes. that for this movie. Uh, yeah, it, and it sort of had a vibe, like yeah. it, it really fit the setting of that movie mm-hmm. and like the, the the weird space adventure vibe worked well with the synths and all that. And there's just nothing of that here. No. What this seems to be going for with specifically regards to the Guns N' Roses stuff is like mm-hmm. this hyper 80s rock god aesthetic. Yeah. Which is weird because Gunners are a 90s band in my brain. Um, well, late 80s, early 90s. But like, 
if you wanted to go for that vibe, you'd probably go for more than just Guns N' Roses. You'd put some Kiss in there. You'd go for some Dio. You'd go for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, like, <laughs> that's another... You've gone from Led Zeppelin being the main sort of... Admittedly, the same song twice, but it is... It's the one you'd use. Yeah, exactly. You're going from that to... I mean, I like Guns N' Roses, but, like, come on. To, to yeah, I there's a there's a handful of songs where I'd be like, okay, I can sure I'd maybe have this in a conversation with immigrant song, yep. but not for long. No. But anyway, uh, um, Enya though, Enya's great. No, can we can we talk about that action scene though? Goofy as fuck, I love it so much. I love those Muppet aliens. Yeah. They're the best. Uh-huh. Muppet I want more things. of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. With big They're fucking really googly eyes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And just, yeah, everything that Thor is doing in this scene with his fucking big Stormbreaker throw that has mm. the arc lightning through the wave of vehicles. Yeah. Doing the Van, the Van Damme split yes, kick. split kick thing, yep. And I, I and love their fucking things that they're driving, whatever those things are. Yeah, weird Mad Max space yeah. cycle bullshit. That's <laughs> oh, great. Everything really about scene, yeah. this action scene I love. Yeah. It's also preceded by a weird detail that I had not, like, clocked until this viewing. Mm-hmm. When Thor, like, goes to meditate, he plants Stormbreaker in the ground. Mm-hmm. Literally plants it because yes. when he takes it back up, it's got it's roots got and roots, it's growing. because yeah. It's a tree. It's mm-hmm. roots on. Yeah. And then <laughs> he jumps off a cliff riding it like a witch's broomstick. <laughs> yeah. And I've never noticed that before. Like, that's the stupidest shit in the world. And as I messaged you to say that, mm-hmm. he flies off in the background still riding it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? When? Was that always there? <laughs> I have was. to I have to assume. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very good. And also a reference to... I can't remember what movie it was, but someone made a reference to him writing his thing. It's writing his writing his axe in his another hammer, movie. Hammer, the hammer well, or I the mean, axe. Korg, Korg makes Korg hey, makes the joke it, yeah. about the the hammer pulling him off. Right. I, I, I feel I like there was might have been in that conversation. I feel like there was another like a direct thing. Like he, someone said that they thought that he rode his hammer or rode. I don't know. Okay, I, I, th- I believe it was in trivia, but I didn't add that trivia to my list. So here we are. Still, I mean, look, it's one of those things where if I could fly with the axe, I'd definitely try it once just to see if it still worked. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, untold destruction of uh, planets like Holy Temple. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Thor, I believe the, the quote is, another classic Thor adventure as the place <laughs> yeah. crumbles Hurrah! behind him. He says, Hurrah! Hurrah! Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, and uh, as, a, as a gift for his help, he's gifted with the screaming goats. Yes, he's gifted with the screaming you, goats, which, you know... You have thoughts about the goats. <laughs> Well, firstly, let's say Thor's goats, Tooth Grinder and Tooth Nasher appear in the film. These goats had appeared in both the Marvel comics and North, uh, a Norse myth of Thor. Their constant yelling is a reference mm-hmm. to the infamous uh, internet video of a screaming goat. Um, Thor considers his goats good for eating. Uh, that's what he says in the movie. Uh, in, North myth- in Norse mythology, Thor often slaughtered his goats and ate their meat, then resurrected them with his power. Yep. Um. 
So the screaming goats thing is fake, which yeah, is a shame, I guess. Um, they really did pick the most annoying screams to give these fuckers. <laughs> that said, uh-huh. every time I thought I was like done having a laugh at them, they'd show up again, and I'd laugh again, and I'd be like, fuck. I, I wasn't over it. It's one of those things where at first it's funny, and then it, it starts to get old, and then by the end, you come back around, and it's like funny Yeah, again. they shoot the moon, and it gets good yeah. again. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. I like hearing. There's very dumb specific uses things. of it that are fun. Yeah, where, like when they go to find Sif, mm-hmm. they uh, get like ejected out of the Bifrost, and there's the big explosion <laughs> in the rainbow, and you just uh-huh. hear. <laughs> or there's the bit where they fly into the planet mm-hmm. when they go and look for Gore, and yeah. it's just the scream. Specific use cases are very, very good, uh, mm-hmm. but I think they're only very, very good because it does that thing where it gets old and then it gets good again. Yes. Uh, the Guardians. Um, they're here. They don't do much, but... Um, they sure don't. Uh, you can definitely In tell... In fact, I'm not sure they do anything. <laughs> you can definitely tell that Chris Pratt filmed this on, uh, you know, on a break. He, he, he wasn't getting buffed for this movie. Like you look at him in any of the Guardians movies, and he's like, he's like really skinny in this movie compared to how he is, yeah. usually is for a Guardians. Yeah, he hasn't. Movie. He's been cutting and not bulking. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the most memorable thing that the Guardians do is Drax gets kicked by one of the goats. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh, Kraglin gets married. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that happens. Um. um while Korg is trying to think of the special whistle you use to call the goats, he gets Mantis to take a crack and she just goes, Arr! <laughs> and he's like, nope, that's not it. Yeah. And I they, don't know. They're here. They leave. And then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Which is Probably fun. for the best. They have a better movie to be in. <laughs> they do. They have a much better movie than you. But, uh, and also a Christmas special. Yeah, exactly. Where's Thor's Christmas special? Uh-huh. Yeah, he doesn't have one. Um... What else? Oh, Sif. Sif's back. She's back, and she's she's one arm less than she was before. Yeah. Her arm may Don't have worry, gone, that to gone to Valhalla. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows the, for sure? The sheer like shock when she's on the battlefield dying. She's like, "No, no, leave me. I want to go to Valhalla." <laughs> Thor breaks into it. No, no, you have to have died in the battle to go. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "What? Shit! It's it's good. I yeah. like that she's back." Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, yeah, she disappeared with no explanation. She doesn't get to do much, but I guess that's the case of Lady Sif in the MCU. It's a shame she doesn't get to do much. Maybe the next movie, who knows? Maybe she can. She can be the. She can be the cool sidekick character in the next. Sure, I'd be down. Same. Um, that's that. Meanwhile, Dr. Jane Foster undergoes treatment for stage four cancer. Efforts to secure, to research, efforts to research for a cure prove futile and she begins to lose hope. But Foster becomes inspired to travel to New Asgard in hopes that their magic can help eliminate the cancer. As Thor has unknowingly enchanted it to protect Foster while they were together, Mjolnir becomes drawn to her presence, fusing itself back together and imbuing her with the powers of the mighty Thor. Um, that all, all that gets Look, explained later. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't like to be a pedant, but it seems mighty convenient that Mjolnir, mm. a magical item that was broken and was quite a traumatic experience for Thor, mm-hmm. um, just sort of wills itself back together because of love promise magic. <laughs> Yeah, which I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's as good a reason as any. There's all magic, ultimately. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very convenient. But I mean, a lot of the result is cool, so I'm not arguing. Yeah, exactly. Too it's all about the journey, not the pre-destination. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, rule of cool. Rule of cool, there we go. That's a way, way better saying. It is. It's a much better saying. Um, yeah, Darcy's here. Darcy is uh, here for the five seconds, and then she's gone. I feel like she's maybe the best use of comedy in this uh, movie when put in direct contrast to the darker elements. Because... She's in a scene where they are talking specifically about Jane's cancer mm-hmm. and she gets to crack a couple of jokes, but like it doesn't take away from the kind of grimness of the scene. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, like uh, Jane's just like, no, well, it, it's, this isn't even so bad. This isn't, it's not so bad. And then she's like, you've got stage four. Yeah. Out of how many stages? Four. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This this is all fine. Yep. It sure it, is a part of this movie. It is quick and effective storytelling, <laughs> unlike that uh, weird recap. Yeah, unlike the weird recap. Um, that night, Gore uses the Necro Sword to swarm New Asgard with shadow monsters. Thor, Korg, and Sif arrive to confront them, as does King, Valkyrie, and Foster, who Thor is surprised to see. While they were able to repel the monsters, Gore escapes with Asgard's children, including Heimdall's son, Axel Heimdallson. Thor communicates with Axel and deduces that the children are in the Shadow Realm. Knowing that Gore's strength would be at its peak there, Thor, Mighty Thor, Valkyrie, and Korg travel to Omnipotent City to warn Zeus of Gore and ask for an army to help fight him. The uh, shadow monster attack has some fun action. It's where we get to see Mjolnir uh, mm-hmm. back in action and doing cool ass shit. Yeah, the way Jane wields that thing is fucking rad. The way the shards break apart and fly out and just yeah. shotgun blast people—that's cool, really cool as hell. Yeah, uh, you get Thor's armor envy, <laughs> which is <laughs> funny. The helmet, like you, like flip, flips it up to make it even like, taller. Like he blasts in with the fur coat and yeah. his normal armor, mm-hmm. sees her, gets the blue and gold armor, which is already ridiculous. Yeah. And then when she turns and turns back, his little fucking helmet wings extend further. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. Uh, I like the, like, I don't know, shadowy creatures. Those are cool. Yeah, they're they looking. Kidnap all those kids. I, lo- I love a. A creepy monstery cage. Yeah, Always yeah. Good. Who doesn't love a creepy cage? Um, Gore is creepy. Gore is very creepy. I think Gore's great. I think he's like 
a a decent villain with a a decent hard to come by. Yeah, uh, a decent like uh, backstory Motivation. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's just played well. He's he played well. He's just in the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I pretty much agree with that, and like Obama, we'll, we'll talk about this much later. There were a lot of people talking about uh, tonal dissonance. Yes, this movie when it first came out, mm-hmm. I didn't agree super hard at the time. Upon rewatch, there's definitely something to be said for it. Yeah, um, yeah, Gore is not the villain you have in the jokey jokey comedy movie. No. Absolutely not, but here he is. And um, what else? Uh, yeah, Valkyrie did an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> yeah, the, all the the new Asgard stuff with the what's the, the name? Tourist of the, destination. There's a is it an ice cream place or something? Yeah, there's a oh god, Infinity something. Yeah, Infinity something. Um, I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention, but they've got the old like Viking space longships yep. set up for tour rides and shit. Mm-hmm. And the guy giving guided tours and showing people the shattered remains of Mjolnir legitimately sounds like someone ripped straight out of fucking Hobbiton in New Zealand. Well, he <laughs> one of those tour guides isn't he the guy that was in the shorts for was Thor- he Ragnarok? Yeah, he's yeah. the he's the Thor's he's roommate. The roommate. Yeah, from. Those. God, I would never have picked that because I only watched those things once when that movie <laughs> came out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, the, this scene's great. Uh. Yeah. Like you said, the the Jane stuff is really good, and uh, the Thor's... I think she looks great. Also, yeah. That fucking costume's super cool, mm-hmm. and buff Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, uh... Although it is. It is. There is a lot of CG. There's a lot. There's not all. Not all. But if you if you look at the behind the scenes stuff, she's wearing dots on her arms and oh, for sure, they're making her more buff sure. than she she was. But That's yes, fine. she's very cool. And they they make her taller. I think she seems taller and blonder. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the whole Thor envy stuff is great. And him, him wanting Mjolnir back, and yeah, how do you how do you feel about the the weapon envy stuff specifically? Yeah, I'm fine with like, that. That's funny. You're that's, okay with that? That's very funny. It is quite good. My Just favorite the... one is like he's sort of like subtly motioning to Mjolnir, like come here, come here, boy, come here, and then Stormbreaker <laughs> floats in the scene and looks at him. Yeah, that's the best one. And that that also becomes a plot point because now Stormbreak is having a fucking hissy fit and won't use the Bifrost properly. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> look, giving the giving the hammer and uh, an axe like um, personality personalities. Yeah, it's funny. Mjolnir doesn't even seem to have much personality here. It's all Stormbreaker. It's all Stormbreaker. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, they take is a goat this, ride. I was going to say, is this where we have the flashback to the legend of uh, Thor and Jane? Uh, How they uh, got together and then broke up? Is it here? It probably is. I think I have some trivia here. Because this one is another use of non-Guns N' Roses uh, licensed tracks. It is Our Last Summer by ABBA. Right. 
It's a weird one, but sure. (laughs) Uh, When Thor and Jane discuss their breakup, Jane estimates it happened three years ago, while Thor says eight. The reason for that difference is Jane was dusted for five years in the blip after Infinity War. And contrary to Thor saying to Loki that it was a mutual dumping in Thor Ragnarok, this movie makes it clear that Jane was the one who finally pulled the plug. Yeah, Um, that... uh... I don't think we needed to see that to know that Thor was talking bullshit for that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, I like. Um, yeah. There's a there's a bit where they're like roller roller skating together. <laughs> yeah. And she's got her hands on his hips, and he's <laughs> holding Mjolnir, which is like slowly dragging them along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, using uh, using work as an excuse to get out of like dinner, he holds up his phone and it says Nick Furry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That got a laugh out of me. I like Nick Furry. Nick Furry is a great name. And also, just mm-hmm. while we're on it, yes. the argument about the dishes, he's like, I gotta stay up and analyze this data all night. And he's like, I've gotta stay up and do these dishes. There's two dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they really they really give that argument their all. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Good, uh, I mean, again, I don't think it was a unnecessary, unnecessary flashback. flashback, but uh, it was, it's fine. It's up to life. We get, yes, we, there are definitely things that are enjoyable in that flashback. Um, unconvinced that Gore is a threat to omnipotent city, Zeus instead has Thor captured, forcing the others to intervene and fend off Zeus's men. In the scuffle, Zeus uses his thunderbolt to destroy Korg's body. Only his face remains intact, although this is enough for him to survive. Enraged, Thor uses the thunderbolt to impale Zeus in the chest, which Valkyrie steals as the group escapes to confront Gore in the Shadow Realm. On the way, Thor learns of Foster's cancer diagnosis, and the two rekindle their relationship. Uh, yeah, so we take a goat ride to Omnipotent City, screaming all the way. Uh, and uh, there's there's uh, there are many things to see in Omnipotent City. Plenty, Su- such as. Would you like me to list some? Oh, you got some too. Well, you go. No, I mean I've got you. I've got three specifically. Okay, you you tell me which ones right. you got. Your bow, okay, bow buns, which is silly. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure bust is there. Bast, the, the Panther uh, goddess Panther of Wakanda, God. who appeared in Black Panther, is there. Yep. Uh, you have the Maori god, Tumatawanga. Okay, uh, yeah. Which is specifically, that's that's for me. I, that sure. Was in there for me, specifically. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, and I think that's cool. Anyway, please hit me with your actual trivia. Uh, we have a dragon from Tarlo, uh, mm-hmm. which previously appeared in Shang-Chi. Um, and also... Uh, Jade Murai, better known as Yu Wang, the Jade Emperor, who was an enemy of Shang-Chi. Uh, and then also Mikaboshi, the Dread Star of Heaven, a Japanese god and villain, though he does nothing in the film. Yeah, I know Mikaboshi. He was in a uh, story with Ares when Ares was on the Dark Avengers. Okay. Uh, yep. There you go. They're, they're the ones that I got. Um, oh, also, uh, Dionysus is there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who specifically calls out to Zeus, yeah, go, Dad. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I had to rewind it because I'm like, wait, no, Hercules isn't in this scene, is he? <laughs> I look back, I'm like, ugh, Dionysus, what the <laughs> fuck happened to you, buddy? Uh, it was Russell Crowe's idea to have Zeus speak with a Greek accent. God of Carpentry, that's the other one. Yes, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, that we don't see. <laughs> we do know who it is. You know it's Jesus. Um, it was Russell Crowe's idea to have Zeus speak with a Greek accent. A director, Taika Waititi, wanted a British accent for the Greek god, so he had Crowe do every take, once in the Greek accent and once in a British accent. Waititi then determined that Crowe was right and the Greek accent worked best. Um, they chose correctly. Zeus, by absolutely. way of Con the Fruiterer, <laughs> exactly. is the fucking greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. Dainty little fucking walk down the stairs holding <laughs> his skirt. Lifts his skirt up, yeah. <laughs> It's very good. Oh, it's fantastic. I would I so many people gave the movie shit for that specifically. And those people are wrong. It's one of the best things about the movie. It really is. Uh I also love the 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 fight scene we get here and like all the gold blood going everywhere. Yes. Very cool. Yep, yep. Uh whipping around the like lightning chains and shit. Yeah. Valkyrie gets to do cool shit. Jane gets to do cool shit. Cog almost dies. <laughs> Can't have everything. Can't have everything. It's weird. It is weird how hard I have turned on Cog in this movie. <laughs> because in Ragnarok, love Cog. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. In Endgame, for the brief amount of time that he's there, mm-hmm. I like him. He's yeah. fine. In this, I'm like, Cog, please stop. I need you to stop, buddy. We have enough comedy. I need you to just stay in, <laughs> stay in Asgard for a bit. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. And he, the jokes that Korg makes isn't unamazing. It's, oh, he gets Jane's name wrong a bunch. Like, yep. Oh, okay. That's not, it's not great. But uh, anyway, yeah, he is there. Yeah, yeah. He sure is. I do like that when he's tied to uh, Valkyrie's back with her hair, it looks like he has a mustache. That's fun. Yeah, yeah that is good. Um, oh, and we get more Guns and Roses. Sweet Child of Mine plays as yep. the goats come in for the rescue. Get that. There are also some Eternal, not not some Eternals, some um, Celestials looking through the window as they blast out. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize that. Like as as the goats are going through the wall, mm. there's some celestials who like watch them as they go. Okay, cool. Always good to see some celestials. Is it? I mean, sure. They seem bad. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're bad, but they're kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely cool. Yeah. Uh, yes, and then they they get the the thunderbolts, which is just a just a just thunderbolt. Like it's not. It's like a piece of plastic shaped like a thunderbolt. I don't know. It's a weird thing that exists. It's it's two pieces of plastic. Sorry, yes, that magnetize together. Watching Zeus uh, do flourishes and shit with that (laughs) is the stupidest, and I love it. All right, (laughs) It looks so lame. He's been around for billions of years. I don't know how long Zeus has been around, uh, but he he still gets joy out of doing thunderbolt tricks. It's, it makes me think of that old Family Guy joke where it's like, oh, Jesus, Jesus wasn't actually that magical. His fucking miracles were just like, Whoa, ah! <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like fucking hand tricks and illusions and shit. Yeah. Um, yes, and they're on their way to the, uh, the Shadow... What are they called? The Shadow Realm? Yes, it is. The um, Nether, no, Shadow Realm. Shadow Realm. 
Uh, we we get uh, Thor and Jane, and she talking, and she finally tells him that uh, she has cancer, and uh, the, the movie goes back to reminding you that uh, oh right, there's depressing things in this movie that's been pretty goofy most of the time. To its credit, while the depressing shit is on screen, they I feel like they handle it fairly well. Like they they have mature conversations about death and mortality. Yeah. But then we hit the handbrake super hard and take a left <clears throat> turn into silly fun town. Yes. Just very there's no there's no seamless weaving in jarring. and out here. Uh, upon arrival, they attempt to locate the children, only to realize that they had fallen for a trap. Gore intended to take Stormbreaker in order to utilize the Bifrost Bridge to access Eternity, where he can wish for the extinction of the gods. They battle Gore and his shadow monsters once more, but are forced to flee back to New Asgard once Valkyrie and Mighty Thor are weakened. Before Stormbreaker can be transported across the Bifrost, Gore steals it, Thor is informed that the effects of Mjolnir are aggravating Foster's cancer and he urges her to stay behind to recover. Valkyrie is also unable to continue fighting, leaving the Thunderbolt in Thor's possession so that he can fight Gore again. Um, I like this uh, Shadow Realm stuff. It's black and white with, you know, every now and then. Yeah, on a tiny planet. Yeah, shots of color. Uh, And I also like, uh, I don't know if this was in like a behind the scenes thing or... What? But the the way they shot this when they're fighting outside uh, with the sun going around, yeah, is that they had these lights that were spinning like really really fast uh, as they were filming, and they spent they spun so fast that it basically meant that they had uh, light from every angle for each shot. So they could pick oh, wow. where the light was coming from for each shot, and it's if you watch if you watch it, you can see uh, the way they use it uh, effectively. It's pretty cool. I was going to say, but that that sort of plays into how um, when say there's like a lightning effect on a weapon, it sort of lights up a space around it. You get color on that only. Is right. that how that sort of yes? Yeah. Like, would work into that. Yeah, exactly. Because I do like that quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a neat trick. It sounds very expensive. But, you know, they got Disney money. I bet. <clears throat> uh, uh, good fight. It does it's okay. Money. We get some shadow shadow creatures coming out. And it, it's not fighting. the coolest fight. No. But uh, I, think, I think just the visuals of it yeah. make up for a lot of the... You know, it's fine. This. Um, and again, Gore gets to be incredibly creepy in this. Mm-hmm. He gets up real close to people and has gross teeth. Yeah, that scene's really cool. Really the, creepy the scene, eyes. The scene where he's he's uh, talking to them and yeah, it's really cool. God, he's so good. He's very good. Christian Bell's <sighs> acting the shit out of this. So it's a good. shame that he just does not fit. <laughs> Oh, such a bummer. Yeah, it really is. Really depressing. Like cancer. <laughs> if he was in, in all the scenes with the cancer, that would make sense. Then it might actually be a b- bit more fitting. <laughs> right. 
at the center of the universe, Gore begins opening Eternity's gate with Stormbreaker. Thor arrives using Thunderbolt and imbues the children with the power of Thor, giving them enough strength to overcome the remaining shadow monsters. Gore gains the upper hand against Thor. Having sensed his distress, Foster decides to wield Mjolnir again despite her weakened condition and joins the fight through using Valkyrie's winged horse. Thor gives Mighty Thor ample time to use Mjolnir to shatter the Necrosword into pieces, dooming herself and Gore. Thor recovers Stormbreak and has the children use it to return home, but they could not stop Gore from entering Eternity. It's well, true. A lot of stuff. Um, the Hall of Eternity is fucking cool as far yeah. as locations go. Mm-hmm. Big statues around the outside. You got yeah. you know various cosmic beings. Yep. Um, do you do you have a list? No. <laughs> I, I've got some that I can name. Surprisingly, that was not in the head. trivia. Uh, some I can name off the top of your head, off okay. my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Living Tribunal's there. Mm-hmm. I think the Watcher is there. Okay. Death is there. Okay. Infinity. I want to say Cathon might be there. Hmm. Okay. And I'm, those are the ones I can name right there. All right. There you go. Oh, and Eternity itself. Of course. It's their um, hall. I feel like now that we've we've gotten to this fight again, uh, I feel mm-hmm. like the, the the action scenes aren't amazing in this movie. They're okay, they're fine. Um, I think they are memorable. I think I'm not sure that they're great, but I think there's at least one thing that happens in most of them that makes mm. me think, yeah, I like the action in this. I think the settings are memorable. I don't know if actual like moments of the fights are extremely yeah. memorable, except for at the end here where all the kids get to use bunny rabbits as weapons or whatever get, the fuck. They get to be a little bit of Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I think... So you got the first one, which is a genuinely fun action sequence. Yeah, with the bird You've guys. Got the Shadow Monster one, which again, fun. There's some cool Mjolnir stuff going on. Yeah. You've got the Shadow Planet one, which is visually cool, but mm-hmm. not necessarily like cool action. Right. You've got the Omnipotent City one, which is good. Yes. It uh, has the, yeah. the cool like gold spray and stuff. Yeah. And then this one is like, there's some fun action. Thor's doing some cool shit. Mm-hmm. Jane isn't here. Well, Jane does appear at some point and does some cool shit. Yeah. And the kids. I think the kids getting to do cool shit is fucking rad. Yeah. Because ultimately, these are, these are comic book movies, and you should have something for the kids. <laughs> sure. I. Uh, you know, it's just funny. It's just that having the kids do funny shit. There's that little girl. She has like a magic wand or something, and she like splits one of yeah. the monsters in half, it's- and she's just like. Ah. <laughs> That's yeah, really weird. fucking funny. There's that one kid screaming with the bunny rabbit, and everyone mm-hmm. else is just like fighting with debris. I guess not every kid got taken with their toys, right? Um, but yeah, they get to do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. It's about damn time that some kids got to do some cool stuff, sure, while not being the main characters of a thing. Um, I, I do like the choice of. November Rain for a song here because mm-hmm. I never would have expected it. Right. Um, and the refrain of You're Not the Only One is mm-hmm. fun because one, there's Thor and the kid Thors and also Jane Thor. Yes. There's a lot of other Thors. 
<laughs> Many a Thor to be seen in this scene, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Gore opens the door and it's, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Did you? I mean, okay, we'll talk, we'll talk about it in a sec. Thor calls out to Gore and pleads for him to choose love over death as he rushes to Mighty Thor's side. The love reminded him of the love he had for his daughter, thus deciding to use his wish to resurrect her. Buster soon succumbs to the cancer, vanishing into Valhalla. Well, that's spoiling the later scene. All right. Thor accepts Gore's request to take custody of his daughter before he dies from the Necrosword's curse. I don't um, think there was anything that legal about it. Like, when you say custody, my brain thinks, like, legal proceedings <laughs> and such. But she's she's a great. resurrected if, alien child. If it cut from the... Cut from that scene where they're in front of eternity. Him just filling out papers. <laughs> just him filling out papers. <laughs> uh, sure would uh, be strange. Um, I mean, it wouldn't feel that out of place in this fucking goofy movie. Yeah, no, it probably wouldn't be. Uh, I <sighs> bringing the daughter back is like. It's a bit of a cop out. I don't know. Um, it is, but I feel like they're, they're they're pretty well established that eternity. You get there, you get one wish. Yeah, you, you can make it anything, uh-huh. and it's less. It's not so much a cop out in my eyes, just because. We no longer have All Black the Necrosword influencing uh, Gore. Mm-hmm. He's probably feeling pretty shitty at this point. He's tired. He's beat up. He's about to win. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's like reinforcing all of these negative, uh, evilish thoughts of God murder mm-hmm. is no longer in his possession. Right. And I don't know. Probably feels pretty sad in general. <laughs> Seems sure. like a sad guy, that Gore. Yeah, I don't think he's a, he's happy. Well, there is that one time he's happy when he's... There is that one bit he's smiling. He cuts he the snake's head off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he loves that part. I take it back. That guy loves it. <laughs> he loves... He's never not happy. Um, yeah, I get. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, come all It's this fine. Way. We've come all this way just to have them go... What about if you just brought your daughter back? What if you just didn't? What if, <laughs> what if you, you just did? Oh, oh, I hadn't thought about that at all at any point up until this hey man, moment. All black, the necro sword is very convincing. <laughs> I guess so. I'd listen to it. You'd have no choice, probably. Yeah, exactly. It's against the law. Exactly. Not. You have to. You have to trust the sword, and then also. D- like that, the football team. Yep, football. Love football. Foosballs. Nope, not that one. Foosballs. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I don't know. It's got a ball. Sports ball. It does have a ball. You're right. I mean, no, God, no. (laughs) In the aftermath, a statue of Foster as the mighty Thor was erected (laughs) in New Asgard. Sif and Valkyrie (laughs) begin training the children in combat. While Kog's body fully regenerates as he seeks to produce an offspring, 
Thor starts to raise Gore's daughter as his own, entrusting her with Stormbreaker while he wields Mjolnir into battle. The two begin traveling the galaxy, offering assistance to whomever needs it, becoming known as Love and Thunder. In the meanwhile, Zeus begins to recover from his injuries as he sends out his son Hercules to kill Thor. Foster encounters Heimdall in the afterlife, who welcomes her to Valhalla. Yep, that's a succinct summary of what happened. That is the end of this movie. It, yeah, I, I don't, I, I didn't mind it in the uh, in the viewing of it, but um, mm. in retrospect, the Korg recaps, yeah, uh, do this film a disservice. I think the intro one is mostly unnecessary. Yep. The Jane and Thor one is fine. Yes. Again, mostly unnecessary, but has some fun stuff. And then relegating the ending to, uh, and here's what happened to all of our characters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sort of epilogue recap is mm-hmm. like, ah, it feels lazy. And it's not like it's not like he's constantly there narrating the whole movie. It's just those three instances for some reason. Yeah. Um and it's not like it leads anywhere. It's not like at the end uh he's like, "Hey kids, gather around and I'll tell you this story or whatever." Yeah, it's like, not like do, do we see who he's telling the story to he's at talking the start? To kids, like isn't he? He's, it's like a group of kids he's talking to or something. Yeah, but which kids? Uh, like, know. as a framing device, it, it could work, but I'm not sure it's put together well enough. I no, don't think it's structurally it's sound. No, I agree. It's absolutely not. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, it just makes no sense in the context of the rest of the movie. But, you know, this movie is all very disjointed. And uh, yeah, it's a bit scatterbrained. It's uh, it's just another part of this movie, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Hercules is here. Hey, hell yeah! I can't there wait for is. that never to be fucking capitalized on. <laughs> you can look forward. It's the thing to... I've been talking about for the last like five episodes of this. You can look forward to maybe seeing him again at some point. Who knows? I fucking hope so because I love comic book Hercules, but I yeah. Every day I'm filled with less and less hope for Hercules <laughs> in the MCU. Yep. Um, there you go. It's, it's, I, I it's have, just weird that, he's, have, that Thor now has a kid that he's taking care of. Yeah. I Look, I appreciate the... I feel like, look, I'm not a parent. I can't speak to this experience. So mm. maybe you can shed some light on this. Okay, but I feel like that. I feel like that last scene with uh, Thor and uh, Gore's daughter is very real parenting. Uh, yeah, I guess our kids stubborn little shits. Absolutely. Oh, good. <laughs> Absolutely, that's not even a question. Oh, okay. Especially when they're, you know, older. They deface your stuff and you're just like, yeah, I guess so. Yep, pretty much. I guess this is better now. Thank you, child. <laughs> Thank you, child. That, I'm that bit in particular, I'm just like, I feel like this is something Aaron's done. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I don't know. Is the kid ever named in the movie apart from being called Love and Thunder? No, I don't think so. I, so I guess she's just say her love, name. right? Guess so. 
Now is the part of the show where we talk about what we liked and what we did not like in the section that's the title of the show, Stark or Stank. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Let's why you said it like that. Start but, with the uh, Starks, the things we liked. I will. Go, Josh. Uh, you did it last week, so I'll go. Uh, the first Stark for me is the visuals, specifically mm-hmm. in the action scenes, but there's a lot of stuff to like here. Um I really like the gold blood spray in Omnipotent City. I really mm-hmm. like the monochrome dark realm with the little selected bits of lighting and color. Yep. I really like the fucking... Uh, the Mjolnir breaking apart and splitting stuff. That stuff's mm-hmm. really cool. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just think it has a lot of cool visuals, this movie. Yeah, it does. I not, agree. Not all of them are pulled off 100%, like no. floaty god face man in the beginning, but there's a lot to like. Well, Shadow we're, monsters. We're at a point where the MCU movies, maybe effects aren't always amazing. Yeah, we've we've spoken <clears throat> on this in the past. Yeah, they, exactly. they don't get the time and support they need to do a great job, and so mm. a great job is not done all the time. Exactly. The but best yeah. there is... The best that can be done with the time and resources allowed. Mm-hmm. At least Rocket Raccoon always looks as just great. He always yeah. We can't, that a... we can't fuck that up. No, exactly. Oh I'm not God. allowed. I see. Imagine every time I see me, I go. Just that's an it. untextured patch of Rocket Raccoon shows up in a, <laughs> a single scene of this movie. Everyone's fired. <laughs> Uh, every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, oh, yes, good effects, finally. Here we are. That's that's a rocket raccoon. Good stuff. And then he looks sad, and you're like, no! No! <laughs> oh, I take it back. I don't want to see him ever again. <clears throat> <clears throat> Natalie Portman is a great Thor. That's my first. Stuck. Uh, and it seems like she's having a fun time, which makes this version it's of about Jane... about time. Yeah, which makes this version of Jane Foster the most likable MCU version of Jane Foster. Uh, because, you know, she was just kind of there in the last yeah. two times she showed up, and now she's actually doing shit, and she's she kicks ass, and she's cool. She she gets a little more to play with than love interest. Yes, exactly. Good. Exactly. I agree. That is, uh, she is very good in this. I like her. What is your second stock? My second stock is similarly revolving around some of the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder has some surprising and memorable debuts in the MCU from specifically Russell Crowe as Zeus by way of Con the Fruiterer mm-hmm. and Christian Bale as the deeply off-putting Gore the God Butcher, uh-huh. even if he doesn't necessarily fit. Yes. Well, my second stock is Christian Bale is great as usual, possibly one of the best MCU villains in a while. However, and then we'll go into the <laughs> stakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. What is your first? Gore's really good. <laughs> yeah. Gore's fucking great. Really good yeah. villain. What is your first stank? Fantastic. My first stank, Tone. Love mm-hmm. and Thunder features a lead character dying of cancer and a villain who wants to kill all gods to avenge the death of his daughter and ruin of his entire life and people. Mm-hmm. While these elements are handled fine on their own, yeah. they don't mesh super well with Love and Thunder's silly tone and constant jokes. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
Bale and gets a, a direct. Bale gets done dirty by appearing in a movie that just doesn't totally fit his character. That's just what I've written. Here. Every time he's on screen, you're like, "Oh, this guy is about to murder every everybody." Meanwhile, he's surrounded by screaming goats and people yelling, "Eat my hammer!" This movie is totally all over the place. Yeah. It is a shame that one of the stocks of this movie uh, gets overwhelmed by one of the stanks. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think that's. I think this is the first time that's happened. Yeah, I think so. It's really wild. It's a thing that happened. Um, what's your second stank? Look, I like Guns N' Roses as much as anyone, <laughs> but I feel like the rock god vibe Love and Thunder is going for could have used some more rock variety. Enya and Abba do not count. <laughs> <laughs> I love our stanks are pretty much the same. I put, look, I like Gunners as much as the next guy. <laughs> but they- <laughs> wow, word for word almost. But they ain't no Led Zepp. And the actual yeah. score doesn't hit the highs of Ragnarok either. Yeah, look, I, there there are songs that I could think of off the top of my head that would fit this movie great. Like, even if you just wanted to go, Paint by Numbers, uh, Thor is the God of Thunder, God of Thunder by Kiss, mm-hmm. Thunderstruck by ACDC. Yeah. If you want to go with the best song that they've used for any of the marketing, you use Rainbow in the Dark. Yeah. It's, and they use that in the credits. I'm like, you've had this the whole time, <laughs> and you didn't use it. You could have used that while you were escaping Omnipotent City on the Rainbow Road. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I just, I do like Guns N' Roses, but mm-hmm. all, all Gunners all the time, it loses its specialness. It does. Yep. And and and. They do that same thing that Ragnarok does where it's like, oh, well, you reuse this song later. Mm-hmm. Sweet Child of Mine gets used twice. It's not the best song they use in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they use it in like very specifically good moments. Right. You use fucking Immigrant Song in Ragnarok and use it at the start and at the end in two fantastic, like, yeah. amped up moments. It's just, it's unmatched. Mm-hmm. Oh, that first, that first scene. That first swing and the hammer going yeah. around. Oh, it's so fucking good. Does it's so this fucking movie good. wishes it had a moment like that? Fuck. Couldn't fucking touch Ragnarok. No. Couldn't God even get close. It. So good. All right. Now comes the part of the show where we take this movie and we put it in a list with a bunch of other movies and we pick where we put it. It's called a ranking. Oh, shit, is that what we do here? That's what we do, and um, oh. I'm going. I'm going to suggest. It's my suggestion this week. Wait, do, wait, wait, do you want to read the list first? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You, 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 you want me? Would you to like me to read the list? You I'll read me? the list. And then, okay. Because you're going to be doing. You're you're going to be putting the first suggestion out here. Okay. So our current standings are. Captain America the Winter Soldier number one, followed by, and I'm not numbering the rest, this is going to get too tedious. Just do it. Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Endgame, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Avengers Infinity War, Captain America Civil War, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Moon Knight, The Avengers, Black Panther, Hawkeye, Captain America the First Avenger, Loki Season 1, WandaVision, Eternals, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, What If... 
Iron Man, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Widow, Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Age of Ultron, The Incredible Hulk, Thor The Dark World, and down the bottom, Iron Man 2. At number 34... That's a lot of movies, my God. And this is our 35th one. Where will we put it? My suggestion... Mm, please tell me. ...is that... I'm having an issue here. Tell me your issue, Aaron. Okay. And it's... Do I put it below No Way Home or above No Way Home? Ooh. Okay. At number 26. I tell you what. I think No Way Home is more tonally consistent. Absolutely. I, I, can, I can get on uh, board with that. Uh, I'm surprised you're putting it above uh, for 2011. That, again. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think this is a, a Thor. The first Thor is good. It's not great. Mm-hmm. It's, I I would rather it, watch a movie like this that swings for the fences. You'd rather even, watch an interesting t- train wreck. If it, yeah, exactly. I want to watch a movie yeah, yeah. that that's just like swing for the fences. Yeah, it's not tonally consistent, but like at least it's not fucking boring. Which, you know, I'm not saying the first yeah, one is boring necessarily. It's just, like, it's very plain. But it doesn't have as high highs. Exactly. I, I get what you're going for. And I this is the, the kind of conversation I was having with myself before we jumped on. I was mm-hmm. like, do I think that Thor is better than Thor Love and Thunder? Mm-hmm. I think Thor is a better made movie, even right. if you have to watch half of it with your fucking head tilted to the side. <laughs> um, but, like, tonally... It's more consistent. It's a bit mm. better rounded, but it doesn't have any of the high highs that Love and Thunder has. Like Love yeah. and Thunder has some really visually cool bits. Yes, it's got some great performances, mm-hmm. and Thor does have some great performances, but nothing that's quite as show stealing, right? As uh, Christian Bale in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could have used more Dutch angles. <laughs> God, if it only had more Dutch angles. I don't think there's a single one in here, actually. A zero. Feel ripped off. Um, so, I don't know. Somewhere between No Way Home and Ant-Man and the Wasp sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it better or worse than Black Widow? You're asking me here, and you know that I was much more favorable on Black Widow than you were, because I love Metal Gear, unlike you. How dare you? As soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, I fucked up. <laughs> you mother... Um... <laughs> Look, I, I would rather... I think I would rather watch Black Widow again than Thor Love and Thunder. Maybe that's a recency thing, because I literally watched Thor Love and Thunder yesterday. Right. <laughs> and you've had enough. Uh, You're all Love kinda... and Thundered out. There's there's nothing that frustrates me in Black Widow the way that Thor Love and Thunder frustrates me. Yeah. But again, uh, Black Widow look is at, another one of those ones just kind of... It's fine. It's fine. Nothing mind-blowing in there. Although Florence Pugh's very good in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Harbour's very good in it. 
Yeah. And it's Metal Gear as fuck, and that appeals yeah. to me specifically. Yeah, I say let's put Thor Love and Thunder at 28. Which puts it above... Above Thor, but below Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I think I can be happy with that, because in my mind, like depending on how I'm feeling on the day, Thor or Thor Love and Thunder could swap. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if I'm in the mood for like a more fun, more visually interesting time yes. or a better movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> a better, if more bland movie. <laughs> right. Do I want a good time? Do I want a functional time? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, are we agreeing to put Thor Love and Thunder at 28? Yep. Okay. I think that's correct. Well, now that now that that's so low, get to read out. It's, it's fucked up that, um, like, at a certain point, we could look at, like, every movie, of, we, we were going by the metric that every movie <clears> above, <throat> or everything above Iron Man was, like, great to excellent yeah and i guess that still holds true but now i think we have to set another proviso that everything from captain marvel up is good to great (laughs) um i would say everything above captain marvel i mean look it's good i i don't mind watching age of ultron you know i i can put that on oh i tune out it's enjoyable yeah. See, okay, so we've got the we've got the the delineators of Iron Man and up is uh great to excellent. Yes. Captain Marvel to Iron Man is good. Yes. Avengers Age of Ultron is enjoyable and everything <laughs> below that is pretty rough, but I'll <laughs> yeah. still watch it if I'm bored. Sure, yeah. There you go. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to go out of my way to avoid watching these movies. No. No. When the worst you're offering is Iron Man 2, you're doing fine, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It's a fine movie that has its moments. Yeah. Here we go. Get ready. Buckle up, folks. Starting at number one, our new list. Captain America the Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Endgame, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Avengers Infinity War, Civil War. You can't, can barely see the Ameri- Captain America on top of the Civil War there. <laughs> That's just fully Civil War. Shang-Chi and the Legend of Two Rings, Guns- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's happening. <laughs> Moon Knight. Avengers. Black Panther. Hawkeye. Captain America, the first Avenger. Loki. Wonder. Well, Loki season one. Need to specify. Mm-hmm. I did. Yep. <clears throat> WandaVision. Eternals. Ant Man. Doctor Strange. Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, what if? <laughs> that almost threw me off with the assembly. Yeah, yeah. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Far from Home. No Way Home. Black Widow, our new number 28, Thor Love and Thunder, followed by Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasps, Captain Marvel, Avengers Age of Ultron, The Incredible Hulk, Thor The Dark World, and finally at number 35, Iron Man 2. I like that you got to Thor Love and Thunder, and we would usually stop there, 
but you literally had less than a quarter or less than a fifth of the list yeah. to go. You're like, fuck it. Yeah. May as well. Just keep going. I'll- just to rub it in that Iron Man 2 is still at the bottom. Yeah. Here's my question to you. Do you think there's anything that can dethrone uh, Iron Man 2 at the bottom there? Not that I've seen so far. Mm. I mean, anything could happen. It's true. Anything but, could. I mean, Wouldn't I've... it be just deeply upsetting if it was Blade? Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it means you. I'm doing it to myself. Oh. Deadpool 3. Could oh, be. It could. It really could go either way. Yeah. Deadpool 3 could go either way. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, up until Anything now, coming out of this strike really could go. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Hey, what's uh, what's next for Stark or Stank? On the next episode, we are having our holiday special. And that's meaning that we'll have the two short holiday specials ones. well i mean werewolf by night isn't really a holiday special but it came out around halloween so it's it's a holiday special it's a holiday special i guess so I, werewolf by night day is a holiday in this house <laughs> uh yeah so our next episode will be uh, a two a, a double feature we, we're going to be talking about werewolf by night and the guardians of the galaxy holiday special because they're both a little bit shorter. They're both holiday. There was no other way we could think of tying yeah. them together. It just made sense that to put the two shorter specials uh, together in one episode. Also jumbled up our timeline a little bit. But yeah. this was so we could do the Christmas one around Christmas. Because it just yes. feels right. God damn it. It does. And uh, and then after that, we'll be back to uh, doing them in... A regularly scheduled podcast. Chronological in so far as this podcast is ever regularly scheduled. <laughs> in that it's not at all, ever. Yeah, that way. <laughs> not even once. Not even once. We did have that run of like five or six episodes. We did. Yeah. We did great, and then we did real bad. <laughs> then we had like a month off. Month. But anyway... <laughs> next episode... When will it be? Who can say? Sometime soon, I hope, because I just watched Werewolf by Night. <laughs> Who can say when it'll be? I don't be? want to remember things a month from now. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Who knows? But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will see you again in the next episode of Starkus Thank. Goodbye. Bye. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, Stank, Stank. Genius billionaire playboy. You Stank, you Stank. I am Iron Man.